What does Jalen Ramsey's absence mean for DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel? What Cardinal will step up in the absence of Kristen Kirk? And we hold the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour's first ever game night. Plus, the leader in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship, Jeff Volpe, will join us to talk about how he made early quarterback and early tight end work, tight end work, excuse me, what he thinks of the Stephon Diggs situation, and obviously much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Everybody, if you've got K-R-S, and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, is T.Y. Hilton worth the wait for Sunday Night Football in your lineups with his banged-up quad? We have several games for the Dizzle to be playing in at the bottom of the hour in the HSFFOR game night. And Jeff Volpe, the leading team in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship for the last two weeks, is going to talk about managing that, uh, that squad, how he got there all the way up to the top, as well as uh, his draft uh, to get him there. Going to be some good stuff there. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post any questions you might have in there. Twitter is uh, at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can uh, go on Facebook.com slash HSFFR, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You want to hop on the blower and give us a call. Football at gmail.com is the email address. If you have any questions for us, get them in now. We'll try to get to the, all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and uh, the fantasy feedback segment coming on uh, later on the show. Our producer and mutual friend Rob is uh, pushing all the buttons tonight, and of course, our audio engineer and best friend Bryce uh, is normally here. He's actually out of town, I believe, grooving in Memphis, walking in Memphis, as Mark Cohn would say, Dave. Nashville. Nashville? I thought he was in Memphis. He's in Nashville? I thought it was Nashville. Okay, could Maybe be I- Nashville. Maybe I, I didn't listen though. That was that, that somewhere in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So sounds good on that. Uh, good stuff. And and Rob doing double time tonight. Dave, welcome in. It's uh, what are we heading into week five here? We passed the quarter pole of the NFL season. We are coming up. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're coming up on the halfway point of the NFL. Excuse me, of the FFPC regular season, which is just crazy to think about. And I know everybody's looking for an angle. They're looking for uh, the best possible advice. You're going to get it tonight. But if tonight is not enough, make sure that you're downloading the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown this week with yours truly and, of course, Matt Keifling. 
Matt Keifling, a guy who's been very successful in the KFFSC. He's won multiple leagues in the FFPC main event, as well as the Football Guys Players Championship. Currently has an undefeated team in the FFPC main event that's in the top 70 overall. We got to a lot of stuff this week. And if you're looking for a hot Juju Smith-Schuster take, that is the podcast for you this week. We got into a lot of stuff. Uh, including Juju Smith-Schuster and the Steelers offense. Got into some Bengals stuff as well from Matt Keifling. Uh, so download that, rotaviz.com slash podcast. You can go to Apple Podcasts and download it there. It's always on the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well. Dave, how are we doing tonight? I'm great. How are you, man? I am good. I am, uh, I am psyched for this week. I, have, uh, I looked at my Kentucky teams. You know, I don't know if you do this or not, but I really don't check the standings in Kentucky because I want to manage my teams you know, as if they are my best team, no matter what. And I'll start looking at the standings as we get closer to the uh, end of the regular season. But I got a lot of good teams this year. Uh, there's there's some, some not-so-hot ones. Um, I went 0RB in a lot of my leagues this year, and I need more running backs to get hurt because <laughs> I, I have a lot of great handcuffs that are just waiting in the wings. Mm. But I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right in a lot oh, of my that's, leagues. That's good for you. Yeah. That's I'm, great. How are, how are things going for you this year? Uh, you know, my dynasties are all doing great. Uh, I didn't draft Cooper Cup, Cup hardly at all. Otherwise, and I own him in half my dynasty leagues, four to eight, and so that's great. They're, and they're, you know, the rest of the teams are fine. Uh, Kentucky, not so good. So whatever. I mean, it is what I, it is. I should say, you know, when I say not so good, I mean in the like we're in three big paybacks, and I think we're in fifth, seventh, and ninth, but we're like twenty points out of fifth. And six, and six and, teams make yeah, the playoffs. Half the teams make that, the yeah. playoffs, and they're not terrible teams. They're they're fine actually. Right. So uh, we're okay. My main event teams are pretty garbagey though. Yeah, my, mine are not – I need more running backs to get hurt. That's my thing. My receivers are on hit. My tight ends are great. My quarterbacks, I have a Lamar Jackson on a lot of leagues. Um, it's just those running backs, man. I just I, – I need to hit on them, and, and I'm not so far. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. It is. Yeah. It is what it is. It's not what it's not. It's a long season. We'll get to all it. I, I want to thank Football Guys, Real World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Let's get into this Stephon Diggs nonsense. The Vikings Twitter account – tweeted out today that Mike Zimmer said, I don't know, we'll see, when he was asked if Stephon Diggs will play on Sunday. Diggs was not listed on the injury report. He obviously is healthy, but there is the possibility that his head coach might want to bench him to send a message. It is a mouth-watering matchup, as Roto World would say, uh, for the Vikings as they take on the Giants secondary, which I believe is second worst in the league right now. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Certainly the Vikings could do what they have been doing all season with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and run the ball, Dave. But Stephon Diggs, I'm going to ask you a question, yes or no. Does he play on Sunday? Now, if, I just, if, I'm, if this is pure speculation, I would say he does play. Maybe he sits out the first quarter or whatever, something like that. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, that's just, again, it's pure speculation. He could play the whole game and he could get uh, he could get a lot of catches for all we know. Can we do a quick would you rather with you? You know, given some options that FFPC players might be making. Oh sure. Uh, would I rather have anyone in the world no, no, be no, the no. offensive coordinator rather than Kevin Stefanski? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty rough. The Vikings are. You know, let me just do my little quick rant. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's just it's terrible that a player has to you know do things like this when it's clear that the OC is a complete idiot. Doesn't yeah. know how to doesn't know what he's doing. He's calling plays very poorly. Uh, get rid of the guy. How hard? Why? Why don't you fire a guy midseason? Can I? Can I? Can I counter? Can I counter this? Sure, I don't care. Are you sure that it is the play calling and not the poor play of Kirk Cousins? Well, yeah, that's fine. I I get that Cousins is not playing great, but he's not really having many opportunities. You know, the Seahawks are another team. You know, Russell Wilson throws the ball 23 times. If he had the volume anywhere near Mahomes, I mean, 
I mean, he'd be like a Hall of Famer. And yeah. I, I know it's from a fantasy perspective, but I mean, if you're talking, I just don't see how you limit a player that's that good. When why do you have him throw 23 times when he's that good of a player? I, I I'm with you on that. I think that's something that fantasy that's owners, fantasy Twitter is going off on that. No question. All right, let's get to some to try to help some people out here. Uh, Stephon Diggs at the Giants, Dave, or Josh Gordon at Washington? I start Gordon. I would, uh, yeah, I would as well. Okay, here's here's one for you. This will be fun. Diggs at the Giants or Je- Alshon Jeffrey at home against the Jets? Jeffrey. I don't have. Con- I mean, you know. What- okay, let me go a little bit lower then. Let me go a little bit lower. All right. All right. Um, let's go Calvin Ridley at the Texans or Diggs. I think I think Ridley could have a fine game. I I, I still trust in Ridley. You know, Diggs has had a lot of bad. He's been just as bad as Ridley. So why not take Ridley without the contract? Okay. Issue? All right. Or the. Here- Disgruntled issue. Here's another one of your whipping boys. Will Fuller at home against the Falcons or Diggs? <laughs> uh, if they say Diggs is playing, if I don't hear any really bad reports, I would then play Diggs. Okay. All right. I think I'm going to get the same answer on this one. But remember, Devontae Adams has officially been ruled out for the Packers against the Cowboys. So would you go Diggs or Marquez Valdez-Scantling at Dallas as potentially the number one option for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, even though Dallas has a good defense, I'd take MVS. I, I feel pretty good about him this week. Okay, and let me wrap this up with one more. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That We're going to put a put a lid on that because we've got too much other wide receiver stuff coming up later in the show. So hopefully that helps out the, the Diggs owners to a certain degree. Hit me up at Eric Balkman if you have further Diggs questions on Sunday morning. Jalen Ramsey has been ruled out for week five, according to Mark Long on Twitter. Ramsey's actually going to be meeting with a back specialist, Dave, uh, this weekend. Now, this is interesting for fantasy purposes because DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel will not be defended by Jalen Ramsey. Trey Herndon is actually going to get the start in place of Ramsey. Now, Herndon, if you remember, was completely destroyed by Denver last week. This is a 2018 undrafted free agent who allowed six of nine targets into his coverage to be caught for nearly 120 yards and two touchdowns. Curtis Samuel is one of seven receivers this year with at least 200 more air yards than receiving yards. So you look at this uh, matchup now, Dave, Carolina taking on Jacksonville. If you're on the fence, maybe you weren't on the fence with DJ Moore. I mean, he's probably going to be starting for most people this weekend unless you're loaded at receiver. But if you're on the fence with Curtis Samuel, I think you got to get him in there now. Um, you know, I, I think that you could, you could do that, but I, I don't know that you have to. It, it, Ramsey not being there definitely helps, but you know, the over under is only 40. Uh, it's Carolina minus three and 40. Uh, Kyle Allen, he threw, uh, he had 34 attempts, 24 completions last week, only uh, 6.82 yards per attempt. And as you, I mean, McCaffrey is getting so many targets. He's getting such a high volume percentage of this offense and you still have Olsen to deal with too. So, uh, I, I like Samuel, and he could go. He could totally go off this week. It's possible. Right. I just say that, you know, it's not going to be. It's probably not going to be a high-scoring game. It might not be a high-volume passing attack. Allen only threw the ball 26 times in his first in his first start. So I'd be a little bit. I'd be a little bit concerned there. I, I mean, I don't think Samuel gets more than six or seven targets at most. Oh, okay. So, All right. Well, I mean, if he's only going to throw it like 30, you know, 30 times, 34 times. If you remember DJ Moore when he had, he had a touchdown with from from Allen, but that was his only uh, that was target. his only catch, yeah, his only, well, catch his only target, target, yeah, yeah. yeah. one for fifty two and a touchdown. So, you know, there's a chance of getting shut out like Nelson Aguilar did the last, you know the week before, so right. or last week. So, um, I'd be a little bit I'd be a little nervous about Samuel, Curtis Samuel or Demarcus Robinson at home on Sunday night against the Colts, assuming Tyreek Hill misses, which I think is beneficial now. Tyreek Hill He's is out of Yeah. 
I probably, I'd probably, I gotta start Robinson. You would go Robinson. That's a, yeah, it's you, Mahomes. By, by it's, way, I, it's Mahomes versus Allen. It is Mahomes. You probably haven't looked at this. You want to take one guess at what the total is on Sunday night between the Colts and Chiefs? Uh, I like isn't it like fifty four? Fifty six and a half. All right, yeah. It's and super they're high. laying they're laying like eleven or something like that, right? Or eleven or twelve. Ah, uh, yeah, it's 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 right around there. Um, who are we just talking about now? Uh, Samuel. Marcus Robinson. No, Curtis Samuel. Samuel or DJ Chark at the at the Carolina Panthers. I don't game. trust Chark either, so I'll I'll go Samuel. Then you would go Samuel. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's do one more here. I think I know what you're going to say, but, uh, I don't, you know, Chark with Minshew and, you know, the, well, know. Minshew's questionable too, although yeah. I think he's going to give it a go. Yeah. Samuel or making his return against the Minnesota Vikings this week, Golden Tate for the New York Giants. Which one would you rather start? Um, I got Tate going in a couple of spots, but I, 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 I would start Samuel. I was Those so, like desperate I was so annoyed that I have to start Golden Tate in the yeah. league. I'm like, I hate starting him Coming first back. game back. Yeah. yeah. It's so annoying, but he's a, he's a pro. He, he is a pro right. that, and that's, sort of how I've rationalized it with myself as well. All right, speaking of receivers, T.Y. Hilton did indeed practice again today. Zach Kiefer, the Colts... Limited or...? Um, I believe he was limited, yes. Uh, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, he is the Colts beat reporter there, uh, believes that Hilton will, in fact, take the field against the Chiefs on Sunday night. Um, It it seems that, that he is doing much better than he was prior to week four. Um, And you remember that Chiefs secondary, they have given up four for 146 and a touchdown to DJ Chark. They've given up five for 67 and two touchdowns to Kenny Galladay. None of that matters. The op, well, I think it does matter. It doesn't matter if he doesn't play. Well, I think he's going to play. That, yes, that's my point. I think he's going to play. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, the, the, the reason I bring this up, Dave, is because it is a Sunday night game. So certain people may not have the luxury of starting Deion Kane or, well, Paris Campbell's already been ruled out, so not him. But Deion Kane or Demarcus Robinson, or McCole Hardman. Oh, or, Paris, hang on, Paris Campbell. I, I swear we had a bet about that. We man. did have a bet, and you know what's funny and, about this? Yeah, you know what's funny is we won. <laughs> we did win. Did you look at the targets for Paris Campbell? Uh, what do you have, seven or eight? Yeah, he had ample opportunity yeah. to, to go ahead and, and lose us that but bet. He, he failed. He failed. Now, he did get hurt, for what it's worth, too. Whatever. All right, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, it, <laughs> hey, it, we, it, was a, it was our first bet against the listeners, so we have to taunt. Yeah, we, we will taunt. So my point is, if you have T.Y. Hilton and you don't have Hardman, you don't have Demarcus Robinson, you don't have Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, or anybody going on Monday night, you may have to make a tough decision. And for me right now, Dave, a total of 56.5, given the upside of Hilton, it's going to be very difficult for me to sit him, even though I know it is a risk on Sunday night. That's funny. I feel exactly the opposite. Really? Yeah. It, Given the fact that T.Y. Hilton could go for six for 190 and two touchdowns. Okay, he was limited, though, and he's coming at the quad injury. So, first of all, he could play. He could, there's a number of possibilities. He could play and go off. He could play and have an average game. He could play and have a bad game. He could play and get hurt during the game, or he could miss the game. To me, the odds of the, the, the scenarios where he does really, really well, are, it's pretty risky. It's a risky start for me. I don't like risking zero. So, if I don't have a Sunday night or Monday option, unless I hear – you know, and sometimes you hear like Schefter or one of those guys on Sunday morning will be like, "Oh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, light, you know, really sounds good to go." You know, if they're getting news on Sunday morning that the confirmation, I, I would feel differently. But if we don't get anything else until then, he's out for me. T.Y. Hilton, by the way, uh, to, you know, talking about this, um, Frank Reich was, said he was looking good, trending in the right direction. Um, and for what it's worth, the Colts have a Week Six bye day, so if they decide to hold yeah, Hilton out this it, week. Yeah. They would obviously give him a rest next week, too. 
I'm still rolling with him. Um, I have him in one league, and he's starting for me. All right. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, one more. Uh, under on T.Y. Hilton, should we do a would you rather? Uh, well, I, I feel like, but ten points. No, here's the thing, because I think it, it's that it, it's going to come down to whether he goes or not. Because if he goes, yeah, I yeah. think you and I are of of the mind that he is going to put up good numbers. If Probably, he doesn't yeah, go, he's going to get a zero. So yeah. I, I don't think there's anything there, in but, my opinion. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, so one, we're we're going to get to uh, Jeff Volpe here in one second. I want to bring up one more thing, Dave, that we saw last night. Gerald Everett, seven catches on 11 targets for 136 yards in the Rams' loss to Seattle last night. Now he the, looks great. The receptions and yards were career highs for uh, Everett, who is his third year in the league. He drew eight more targets than Tyler Higby, the other tight end on the Rams. He was actually, and in my opinion, I saw this, I think he did score a 33-yard touchdown in the third quarter. They called him down at the one, and then Gurley got the layup touchdown. Uh, he also got a 22-yard catch, a 30-yard catch. In the last two games, Dave, 12 catches for 180 yards and one touchdown. Dave, he is looking really, really good right now, and I know some people would say he makes a good backup tight end, but in a tight end premium league, we're always looking for that edge, trying to win 250 k in the Football Guys Players Championship, trying to win a half a million bucks in the FFPC main event. I think you got to start looking at this guy as a flex. Yeah, I totally agree, actually. It, it, uh, he got picked up in a lot of leagues, and uh, he looks fantastic. You know what's so irritating, though, is that, you know, now Cooks won the concussion protocol, but you had all Cooks. those – Yeah, Cooks did. Yeah. You had all those Rams receivers that we were all like, oh, one of those guys is going to bust. You have Cup, you have Cooks, you have Woods. And now you have to deal with Everett, too, of yeah. four receivers? Yep. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty and, nice. And Goff is just wrecking it right now. Yeah. It's, so, it's so bizarre to see a guy as talented as Brandon Cooks as the, the fourth option in that offense right now. Well, third, third or fourth. Yeah. Second, and, yeah and, and, he's, and he's still putting up startable numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Goff could have had a huge game. He only, what, I think one touchdown. He had like three yeah. points. But he could have just – he's going to have some killer games coming up. Week four, he had 500-plus yards. There you go. So or, he, or behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Watch guy actually chiming in the chat room says that he actually picked Everett up cheaply the week before in a lot of football guys' leagues. So good luck on that. Wasp guy, congratulations on picking nice him job. up. Let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he has been playing fantasy football for the last 18 years and been playing in leagues with friends, also playing in some mid-stakes and high-stakes leagues over the last 11-plus years, including the FFPC and Football Guys Players Championship. Does not play at DFS, only plays in season-long leagues. Smart. He's won many of his leagues. That's hilarious. DFS he's, is for fools. He's all right. He's won many of his leagues over the last few years, but this year is so far his best year uh, that he has done in the uh, Football Guys Tournament, which obviously is exciting. He leads the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship Heading First into place? week five, week yes, he is the lead. The, he was finally week, got a leader in here, Balky. He was the week four leader. Oh, thank goodness. He is the week five leader, and his name is Jeff Volpe. Jeff, welcome into the show, man. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yep, you are great. coming through loud and clear. I believe we are talking to a fellow Midwesterner. Is that correct, Jeff? That is correct. If I. Uh, Eric, I know you do a lot of the drafts on uh, on FFPC, and I believe if I recognize that uh, that area code, you're uh, uh, Wisconsin or uh, or Minnesota. We are, we are Wisconsin. We are Northeast Wisconsin. I always like to say we are about two Aaron Rodgers throws southwest of Lambeau Field here. <laughs> well, I'm just south of <laughs> Minneapolis, but uh, in my uh, in my job, I'm over your way quite quite often. 
Well, let's let's talk about that real quick. I know you're you're leading the football guys players championship, which is obviously very exciting. Tell us a little bit about that job. Yeah, currently uh, I'm in sales. I've, I've been in sales pretty much my entire my entire uh, career. Um, but uh, I currently work as a manager for a medical diagnostics company um, that's actually based out of Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, I cover uh, cover a little bit of real estate. I cover North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and Northern uh, Wisconsin. So uh, I've got a sales team in place, uh, and uh, and so I'm all over the place at any given time. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I like someone who's in marketing and sales. You know, we get these lawyers on here, Jeff, and uh, they, we, have, we haven't had a lawyer on in a while. They, they can't talk. So at least we you know how to talk, so this is great. Well, hold on, uh, but before we get into this, so now Jeff is in. It, you could make it. You could qualify this as the medical field. Dave, do you want to ask him any questions about any upcoming surgeries yeah, I have you a might hip be having? Surgery coming up, Jeff. Any advice? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's coming for us uh, at some point. Uh, a guy who's not having surgery, Dave, anytime right. soon, hopefully, is yeah, Deontay 20, Johnson. Yeah, twenty-one-year-old or whatever he is, Deontay Johnson. You got him off the waiver wire last week. Um, I'm guessing you didn't start him last week, but he had a really nice game. What are the chances do you think that he finishes as a top thirty-five receiver the rest of the way? I think the, I think there's a good chance he could. Um, I, I'm uh, I even though I live up here near Minneapolis, I grew up down south, um, so I'm a Big 12 fan and uh, and continue watching the Big 12. So I've kept up with Mason Rudolph, and I think he's only going to get better as the weeks go on. And uh, you know between that and the fact that you know the Steelers look like they're definitely making a commitment to youth. You know, uh, uh, Schweitzer and Moncrief haven't gotten a lot of snaps here these last couple of weeks, and so there's no real uh, threat it looks like to uh, his uh, targets or potential there. And let's be honest, Juju looks like he's struggling with uh, with number one uh, cornerback coverage. So I think you know he, he could easily finish in the top thirty five based on on how he's been trending. One of the things that Dave and I have talked about for really years on this show, especially when we cover the pros versus Joe's uh, 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 competitions in, in late July, is it's very difficult. Not saying it's impossible, but it's very difficult to go early quarterback and early tight end and have a successful team. But you're really bucking the trend thus far here uh, on this, Jeff, because you lose – here's the thing. You get Patrick Mahomes early. You get Hunter Henry early. You lose Hunter Henry to injury. So you're already behind the eight ball on that. But I, I, I got to ask you, how is this team going quarterback and tight end early? How is it not only staying afloat but ahead of 8,399 other teams in this contest? How did you build these running backs and receivers up? <laughs> well, I would say in most years uh, I agree and and uh, and abide by that philosophy. So let me start with by saying that. <laughs> um, however, going into this year, um, doing my research, I felt Patrick Mahomes had the largest points per game advantage over the rest of the field than any other position, and that's something I really try to look at. You know, how many points you know can that top guy that you potentially draft get you over everyone else in the position? I felt like. Uh, he was in great shape to do that this year, and so far uh, looks uh, looks to be uh, on on pace and target to do that. So, um, of course, I think part of my strategy was before I attempted to do that or went with one of my, I'll call them mid tier tight ends. Um, I did I did not want to invest anything in uh, in Ertz or um, or Kelsey or any of those the the top uh, the top two or three there. I didn't feel like that was worth the value for what you'd have where you'd have to draft them. Um, but I, it was all contingent on getting um, a good couple of running backs and receivers with my first few picks. 
And uh, I had Christian McCafferty as my number one person on the board. I know that's contrary to how most people had it going into this year, but I really felt like the Panthers were going to just lean on him even heavier. Um, and it, it's, you know, we'll see if it holds up and if he can hold up. Uh, but so far that's the case. And I was able to get T.Y. Hilton and Mike Evans, you know, two solid number one receivers. So one, by the time it came time for me to be able to make that decision, whether I want to go Holmes in the fourth round or then, you know, go for an uh, Evan Ingram or a Hunter Henry uh, or a um, uh, Vance McDonald, those are the three guys I was targeting kind of in, the, in those middle rounds. Um, I, I felt pretty good about it with this team at that point. So a lot of it was just contingent on how things rolled out. As you guys know, you go in with a plan, but uh, but quickly that all changes and you got to adjust and adapt. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the best players in the FFPC main event, the football guys players championship are, are the one, the, the trait that they share in common is, is the fact that they can fly by the seat of their pants and adjust to the construction of their team on the fly. I think that's so important to do. And, and to follow a philosophy but will be willing to change it and execute it properly throughout the entire draft. That's, that's so tough to do, and if you can do it, you're definitely going to be ahead of the curve, no question. You brought up Christian McCaffrey. We know Cam Newton is out right now, probably going to be out for the foreseeable future. In fact, there's a non-zero chance he misses the rest of the season. We've seen what Kyle Allen can do in his stead. I'm curious, what do you think McCaffrey does? I mean, how much does the fact, how much does his value change? How much does his expected output change with Kyle Allen in there over Cam Newton? Is it not affected, affected a little bit, affected a lot? How do you view McCaffrey going forward here now, Jeff? It's a good question. I I think that uh, the biggest question I have with McCaffrey is if he can just continue to handle the workload over the rest of the season. Um, I don't think it's going to change much. In fact, you know, I think these these first three four games, as Kyle Allen gets gets you know settled into things and gets gets uh, feeling a little bit better under his belt, uh, I think McCaffrey's going to. Uh, I think his role could actually increase these these weeks. And we saw that with his <laughs> uh, ridiculous share of the offense this just this past week. Um, I think Allen will be all right in the long run. You know, people forget he beat out Kyler Murray down at Texas A&M, so um, he's no slouch quarterback. And uh, and so I think they're going to be all right, but I think they're going to continue to, to lean on him pretty heavily. And uh, I think it's just a matter of whether he can hold up or not. Um, I wish I knew the answer to that question. You know, to, to win these things, you need a little bit of luck and stay away from the injury bug. Um, but uh, But hopefully he can do it. Jeff, Jeff Volpe, the uh, leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, Dave, joining us t- tonight on the show. Let's talk about uh, one of your favorite offenses here. Sounds good. Uh, Christian Kirk's dinged up. Keyshawn Johnson's not doing too well. Kyler Murray could use another option. And Andy Isabella's the guy I always root for, but somehow they, uh, I don't know, I think he must have had sex with Cliff Kingsbury's daughter. Oh, wait, he's, uh, he's single. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's daughter is probably like six years old right now. We shouldn't be talking about that. I think he's single too, actually. So okay, perfect. Thank you. Anyway, God. so what do you think about Demir Bird? Do you think he's uh, what do you think he's capable of? Uh, you just picked him up off waivers, so give us uh, your feedback on him. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, Cliff King Kingsbury, he's a player, man. I don't see that guy settling down any soon having a daughter. But that's uh, true. <laughs> out, outside <laughs> of that, uh, uh, I think Demir Bird's an interesting uh, an interesting uh, potential. Uh, this offense, again, being a Big Twelve fan. I know that this offense can support four wide receivers. Um, It'll have that volume uh, in terms of of the number of throws and plays. I think this offense will continue to evolve and get better over time. 
And so I think, you know, Bird, you know, if you look at the first couple, he's hurt right now. Um, but uh, he'll probably come back. He's probably not going to play this week, but looking to come back, at, I think, at, uh, the, the following week, week six, if I uh, if looking at the reports is correct. And uh, I think, you know, he, he's going to be a guy that's going to get, you know, six, seven, uh, maybe even more targets a week. And so, you know, I, I don't think I, I view him as a high upside guy, um, but if, if, uh, if Kirk continues to be banged up and, uh, you know, Keyshawn Johnson can't, can't do much when he comes in there. You know, there's only so much that you can do. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, he is superhuman, 30, what, 36 years old, but uh, um, they're going to have to have somebody else step up. And I think he's as capable of doing it as anybody based on, he had a great preseason, um, which is one of the reasons I, I kept him on some of my watch lists. David, you know, what we're fortunate, I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but we have the president of the Andy Isabella fan club here uh, co-hosting this show every single week. <laughs> I, and I was going to actually ask you this off air, and I forgot to. So I, yeah, I'm asking you. All right. I'm asking you on air, you know, Christian Kirk is not playing this week. So you have Bird, you have Johnson, you have Fitz. Isabella is going to be playing on the outside, according to the reports we've seen from, from Arizona. Are you tempted at all to get him in? as a flex in a redraft lineup this this week? Am I? Are you? Well, I'll tell you something, Balky. I am not, at this point, tempted to get him in. However, I just did tweet. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, at Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> comma, hashtag free Isabella. So if, and then, if he <laughs> responds to my tweet in an affirmative fashion, I will start Isabella in some leagues. Did you ask him about his phantom daughter at all or no? No. I, okay. No. Yeah, that's probably, the, our show probably the right move. Yeah. Probably the right move on that. Okay. So, so that's, <laughs> I, I was, hey, here's the thing. I own Isabella in, I think two leagues, both dynasty. I'm obviously not starting him this week. Is he available? Uh, he's not available. For trade? Oh yeah. He's available for trade. What uh, I don't think I own oh, him. Oh, I don't no, own no. him in any leagues uh, with you it. because you already own him in the leagues that all you right, and I are it. in together. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on and, and talk about London this week as we get our first London game of the year here, Jeff. Between oh, so are we having a game that starts at like 8.30? No, it or? starts at noon. starts at noon. Oh, you know, idiots. The only reason I care – sorry, you, I'm going to be yelling. You know the only reason I care about those stupid London games is for the early start. All right. I'm going to share, I'm gonna share this <sighs> real quick story. Anyway. This is going to make me look bad, but I feel like everybody will enjoy this. These, when the, the games start at 9 a.m. Central time for yeah. London – Okay. Those are the best. I purposely, I, I have to go to church on those days because my kids are in Sunday school. My wife is in charge of the whole Sunday school program. Well, and God's watching and you might go to hell otherwise. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> but, I, but I purposely seek out a corner of the church where I can either have the game cast on my phone or, or sometimes if it's Yahoo, I can actually watch the game on my phone. It's always like the Jaguars against another I know, it's usually the Jaguars like, and somebody, but still it's, it's football and it's like, what am I doing? I'm in church right now. Should we so, like, I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm listening to the sermon and the message and everything, but I'm watching the game on my phone, and I've done that for years, and I feel terrible about it, but that's, that's the way I roll. Now, here's the thing. I can't do it this week because it starts at noon. Dave, you know we're going to be at noon on uh, this Sunday? Baby shower? Yes, a baby shower <laughs> in De Pere, Wisconsin, which is literally right next to Lambeau Field. For the first uh, for three hours, and then I got to get home so I can watch the Packers and Cowboys. Hey game Jeff, on. let me ask you a question. You know what's worse than a baby shower? <laughs> no, what, uh, help enlighten me. <laughs> a, a gender reveal party. It's not. It's, have you been to one of those? A gender reveal? No, party? but it's, it's got to be like the worst. I I can't. Hey, imagine. cut the cake. Is it pink or is it blue? Oh, uh, you know, and then they're doing the the whole thing like 
you know, hitting a golf ball off a tee or a baseball. Or, or Kirk or, Cousins throws it at a target and almost misses. Right, yeah, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> skeet shooting, I've seen skeet shooting where you reveal it. It's, it's insane. All right. All right, so getting back to London. It's the Bears, it's the Raiders, and it's live. I don't know if it's at Wembley Stadium. I know it's in London uh, this week. I hope it's at, like, an offshoot crappy 25,000-person stadium. It entirely it's, could be. I don't know. It's at the, uh, They're going to kick the length of St. Andrews yeah, no, yeah, Stadium. Exactly, yeah, right, right outside the 17th green is where they're going to have the game. Uh, Chase Daniel is going to be starting for the Bears as opposed to Mitchell Trubisky. When you look at the Bears you have on your teams uh, this year, Jeff, are you doing anything different with them now that you know Daniel is starting over Trubisky, or is it business as usual? Yeah, I, I will tell you, uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to this game is watching that Bears defense, especially Khalil Mack. Um, I don't care if they if John Gruden schemes for him or not. Um, he's a man child, that guy. And you can chip him, you can you can you know chip him with a back, you can double team him. Uh, he, he's going to be he's going to he's going to be coming after. <laughs> um, he's going to be coming after uh, uh, that other uh, those Raiders pretty good, I think, this week. So um, so I'm looking forward to that. But in terms of Chase Daniel and uh, Trubisky, yeah, I think you know, I think Chase Daniels a very competent backup. I mean, he's been in the league a long time, um, hasn't gotten a lot of starts, but you know, when he's when he's had to come in, you know, he, he's he's been adequate. So um, let's face it, I mean, uh, the Bears' offense wasn't a high flying unit with Trubisky the, the first tough few games this year, anyway. Um, so um, you know, I, I don't I don't really see any damage to to the Bears' receivers. I, in fact, I think you you could actually potentially see. Uh, an upgrade to like Tariq Cohen potentially, or if uh, you know uh, um, uh, Burton ever gets healthy at tight end, you know you could see him getting some more throws. I don't think they're going to be throwing downfield a lot, but you could see a lot more of uh, of those shorter intermediate throws with Daniel. So I, I don't see him doing a whole lot of damage to where the offense was before. Um, but um, I don't I don't own a lot of the Bears offense because quite honestly I was I, I had a lot of reservations about Trubisky as a quarterback going into this year. I know he made a lot of strides from year one to two, but uh, I just I just didn't know how that was going to play out this year, especially with the running back situation kind of muddied and um, and so anyway I stayed a lot away from a lot of the Bears uh, offensive players. But if I owned any, um, I, I wouldn't see anything. I wouldn't be doing anything different. Yeah, I would look at Allen Robinson probably, but uh, hey, Bulky, I gotta ask you. So, well, hold on. What do you mean you look at him? I would, yeah, I would start Allen Robinson. I, I mean, for sure am. Try, no question. Yes. So you know what? If I was uh, Chase Daniels' agent, you know what I would be doing right now? I, I would tell him he needs to buy um, he needs to grow a mustache and get some jorts and yeah. a bandana. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and say how he tried to break his hand uh, to try to get a medical red shirt back yeah. in college. Yeah, Jeff, you got to build that persona, right? I'll tell you what, it's everything. Um, they're selling T-shirts and every other single paraphernalia down there in Jaguars land right now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so, it's so no, great. they really are. Um, there, there is, I, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of stuff this week. There's a lot of fantasy analysts and some like non-fantasy analysts that have said that um, Chase Daniel is might even be an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky for the Bears offense. Yeah, I mean. It, we, like for everybody involved. And, I, and Jeff, I, I got to tell you, I love that Tariq Cohen call. This could be the week that Cohen gets, you know, let's say five carries for maybe 25 yards, but that dude could catch nine balls for like 70 yards and two touchdowns. I could totally see that happening yeah, this week. Happen. Uh, you know what I wouldn't yep, see I, happen, though, is the Bengals. The Bengals didn't look, uh, didn't look very good on Monday night. No, they looked terrible. <laughs> really, really bad. Really awful. You know, 
Yeah, there was all this mixing hype. But, I mean, the offensive line is, is you know, there's been all these injuries and so on. Uh, you still got Tyler Boyd, though. I mean, Boyd gets a lot of looks. Um, what do you think? Would you be willing to start anybody with, like, Tyler Eifert in a desperation uh, tight end play, or what do you think? Yeah, I think I think Eifert's a definite play this week. I mean, let's face it. Who have the Cardinals stopped at tight end so far this year? Nobody. <laughs> so, um, you know, well, keep, keep – uh, keep running it until it works right that's the, that's the old adage in football keep doing it until somebody stops it so i can't i can't see why they wouldn't target eifert especially with uh um you know aj green still not back and now now you know ross is on the ir for the rest of the year he's gone um so another interesting play could be you know uh, is it auden tate uh, i think that's how you pronounce his first name but you know he doesn't yes. look too bad yep. and he's going to obviously get his increase of targets um, I mean, we'll have to see how things play out over the rest of the year. I, d- I don't know that those are every week starters, those guys, but uh, certainly against the Cardinals unit this week. I mean, uh, fire them up. That's what I say. This is why fantasy football is so good for the NFL, because I have so much to say about the Arizona Cardinals and Cincinnati Bengals game this week. Number one, Auden Tate <laughs> from my beloved Florida State Seminoles. So I, and, and this is a guy that at, at Tupacker, the uh, mascot of the show, he and I were both surprised that Tate did not go drafted. He was un, an undrafted guy, and now he's getting the opportunity in the Cincinnati offense. And if you watch that game on Monday night, he got a couple of end zone looks from Andy Dalton, too. So I think that that is something to bear in mind. Now, I did not put a lot of bids in on him this week because I looked at it from the standpoint of this is the number two option in a horrible offense. When am I ever going to start him? And most of my yeah. teams are strong in receiver. So I didn't really see that happening. I didn't get him anywhere, which is fine. But this week, you mentioned it, Jeff. The Arizona Cardinals have allowed either the number one or number two tight end scoring, uh, number, number one or number two scoring tight end every single week this season. Wow. So in other words, Tyler Eifert is going to be the top scoring tight end this week, or he's going to be the number two tight end scoring uh, 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 tight end this week. Or the trend will change. Or the trend will change. Hopefully not. I picked him up in a couple of leagues, Dave, like pretty aggressively because I, I feel like Eifert's getting in the end zone this week. And if you look at that Pittsburgh game, he, I think he dropped two touchdowns this past. I mean, they're right off his fingertips. And he'll, this week he'll catch them. He should. That total, <laughs> this is really surprising to me. It's at Cincinnati, and obviously it's Arizona. They run 100 bajillion plays a game. Total net is 47.5 between the Cardinals and the Bengals. And I've seen it all too often in the NFL um, that – when two bad teams get together, they usually put up a lot of points rather than yeah. getting into a fire it up. Right. And the last point I'll make about this game, Tyler Boyd, um, the Zach Taylor, the, the coach for the Bengals has announced that three wide receiver sets will feature Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, and, and actually other guy. U- university of Wisconsin Badgers, former oh, UW Badger, Alex Erickson. Yeah, he's like going to, he's going to be on the outside along with Kate. Boyd will kick into Alex, the. It sounds like a white guy. It is a white guy. Oh my God! Boyd, they're a white guy. Yes, they are. <laughs> Boyd will kick into the slot, which means he's probably going to avoid the number one corner on all these teams going forward, which is great news if you own Tyler Boyd. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's move Eric's on. Erickson's not getting any targets. He's don't not getting any. It. Yeah, don't pick him up. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we're talking with the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship leader Jeff Volpe tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Let's talk about Wayne Gallman. How do you view him, Jeff? Is he for real, or did we see his best game of the season this past week? <laughs> well, if you believe the forts, we may have seen his only game this, this year. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, that if, could if, be, if, yeah. Uh, believe yeah. the hype about Saquon, right? I mean, I could believe that video when I watched it. Have, I, have you guys seen that video of him out there running and cutting and stuff? I mean, just incredible. Hey, for, for a guy um, who, yeah, for, 
I was watching the Eat the Babies videos on well, Twitter We don't today, need to so get into that. Sorry, but Jeff. For, now, he's already been ruled. Yes. All right. Let's, yeah. Thank you, Dave. So we're, we're, he has already officially been ruled up for week five, but week six is certainly a possibility for a guy who had a high ankle sprain with a four- to eight-week timetable. Jeff, I think we're in the Adrian Peterson cyborg territory if Barkley comes back from this in week six, which, by the way, after seeing that video, entirely possible. I, I, that's 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 how I'm seeing it. I, I didn't think he was. I, I didn't think they'd fire him up this week. You know, um, you don't you don't want to reaggravate a high a high ankle sprain. But uh, and while there's you know differences in severity, I don't. I mean, based on what I saw, I don't see there's any way that, that he doesn't come back in week six. So you know, Goldman, is he real or not? You know, good question. Um, but you know, is it really going to matter? Because he may only get you know two opportunities to show his stuff. Um, you know, the one thing about Goldman is, is, you know, people forget that, you know, he has some pedigree coming from Clemson. Um, you know, he was a fourth round pick by them. So, you know, he's not garbage. Um, I, I will say this, um, I, he's, he's quicker this year than what I remember watching. Now he didn't get a lot of, of opportunity last year with Saquon coming in, but from the year before when, you know, he was out on the field quite a bit, especially as a third down back late in the season, he's a lot quicker than I remember. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, over, as the rest of the season plays out, you know, if they mix him in a little bit, if he, if he has another great game, um, you know, why not spell, you know, uh, Barkley, you know, every third or fourth series. But, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I, I just – I don't think there's going to be enough of an opportunity there. I mean, I saw him – in one of my leagues I was in, he went for like 650 bucks on the, on the fab wire. Ooh. I mean, that was way too rich of a price for me to pay for him. So – uh, but that's just me, you know. I I, I I was telling Dave this last week when we were talking about Gallman bids, and I said I was just going to do a bunch of keep it honest bids, and, and if I get him, I get him, but I certainly wasn't targeting him. I got him in three leagues. I started him in all three last week, and I was pleasantly surprised. And I, and I was talking to actually another one of my uh, co-hosts on a different radio show. I said, if that's all I get from Gallman this season, totally well worth it. I'm, I'm fine with that one week where he crushed it for, you know, 30-plus points or whatever. And we'll see what happens. But, you know, the thing of it is now, uh, Jeff, is, is this is a guy who has shown that he can do it, at least against a quasi-NFL team. And so now I'm going to keep him on my roster because I know if Barkley goes down uh, in the right matchup, I can plug Gallman into the flex, and I'm probably going to do all right. Yep. Yeah, no, I think, I think, again, I think it depends on how much you had to pay to get him. Um, and then, you know, and then it also depends on what Barkley's timetable is to get to return. But, you know, he certainly, I think, exceeded everybody's expectations last week. And like I said, I mean, he just looked a lot quicker than what I remember. So, um, I mean, he looked, he looked like he, you know, could play the part. Uh, but, you know, it, just opportunity is, it, it isn't always uh, equal. So, you know, with Barkley coming back um, at some point, it's just, you know, how much is he going to get? So, Jeff, I'm going to play it. You know, Balky, you have all these, you know, games. So this is like supposed to be a carnival after you leave here, uh, Jeff. But a carnival. I'm going to play a game myself, actually. I have no idea who's on your team at all, but I'm going to guess, try and guess a couple of players, if that's all right. So you have Mahomes. Well, yeah, I know you have Mahomes. I know right? I have Mahomes, yes. Um, and you have McCaffrey. You mentioned him. Yep. Uh, you have Godwin. Say that again. Who else? You have Chris Godwin. I do not have Chris Godwin. Nope. Ah. No Godwin. Okay. Jeez. Oh, man. Um, you this is good. You weren't, this is you weren't listening. I actually gave you both my starting receivers. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm busted. Yeah, I'm busted. busted. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let me, so I swear to God, the defense has to be correct. 
You have the Patriots defense. Nope, I got the Bears. Bears. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. All right, forget it. Well, can you just tell us who your starters are since I'm terrible at this? And, and, Jeff, who you have as a starter in for week five this week? Yeah, for, for week five. So, Mahomes is my quarterback. I've got McCaffrey and uh, Eckler. Uh, I won't be continuing to play Eckler. I think he's still going to be a, a low-end number one, even with Gordon coming back this week. I think they're going to ease him back into things. Um, he, if anything, he takes away some of the goal line touches, but I think Eckler's still going to get a good chunk of the passing game. So those are my running backs. Um, I've got Fitzgerald and Evans in at my receivers right now. Um, T.Y. Hilton is, was one of my high draft picks. We'll have to see. He's had, uh, what, limited practices the last two days, so it looks like he'll be a game time. I, I just I think he's going to do everything he can to get out there. I know they have that bye week, but this is this is a big game versus Kansas City. So I think if there's any way he can go, he will. And against that Kansas City uh, uh, defensive uh, uh, backfield, I'm, I'm going to be firing him up if he's active. So I've got him in one of my flexes. I've got LaShawn McCoy in one of my flexes. And then, as you mentioned earlier, I lost uh, uh, Hunter Henry earlier uh, to injury. So I've been playing Del- Delaney Walker in at tight end. I also have Jason Witten, who's been a surprising nice, um, you know, high-end floor um, tight end also as well. So, um, but uh, and then I've got Harrison Buckner as my uh, kicker for Kansas City. So, pretty uh, pretty solid lineup. Uh, that and that's generally who I've been rolling with this year. Um, Demarcus Robinson's got a uh, game or two, uh, I believe, as a start. And uh, and then Hunter Henry, I started him game one. But that's for for the most part, that's been my lineup. Jeff, um, let me ask you this, because we know that, that Damian Williams is going to be playing for the Chiefs this week on Sunday night. Knowing that, are you still flexing up McCoy? I mean, you, are you betting that the Chiefs ease Williams in and McCoy is still going to do enough to be flex-worthy? Or is it just the fact, like, look, there's going to be a zillion points scored in that game. McCoy is going to get something. Yeah, I think what does uh, Vegas have it as the second high, uh, highest uh, uh, scoring game this week or third highest? I mean, it's right up there again. So um, I think that there's plenty of opportunity for both of them. I don't think they're going to throw Williams in at the same workload as when he went out. Um, and so I think McCoy is going to get plenty of touches. Um, he's been a full participant in practice. You know, I was a little worried about that ankle because um, it certainly looked like that maybe he you know, did something in the last game because um, he wasn't very active in the second half. Darrell Williams took over, and, and, and you know, he, uh, he was the guy that they were giving the ball to um, there in that second half. But uh, he's been a full participant in practice, so and unless I see something different, I'm just I, – I want every share I can get of that Kansas City offense. And it's really come down – It's for me, it's between him and Demarcus Robinson. Um, but uh, I like McCoy better than Robinson in that flex spot for me right now. If, if Hilton can't go um, – then I'm looking at either throwing in uh, Robinson or Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh, um, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, so let's talk about the Packers receivers a little bit. Since we're so close, we get a little bit uh, jaded here. We can't, we can't, <laughs> right. We, we can't honestly answer that. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's going to miss this week. You looking at, uh, do you think Mikel, Marquez Valdez, Stanley or Geronimo Allison are going to find either of their ways into your lineups this week uh, against the Dallas secondary? Yeah. Um, well, I think this is the week for Packers fans to find out, you know, if Rodgers really is back. You know, um, he had a great week last week, but, I mean, <laughs> the Eagles secondary. I mean, did they have any starters that played? I mean, uh, it was ridiculous. So, I no, mean, while they he did lift not. them up, yeah, it's, uh, you know, so I think that that's a little uh, 
um, deceiving in terms of how well he did, and he's going to get a lot more tested by the Cowboys, um, you know, who are pretty tough against the pass. But, you know, um, Adams looks like he's probably going to be out, um, or if he does play, he'll definitely have reduced snaps, it looks like, because I don't think he's been a full participant at all in practice this week. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, I, I would tend to go with MVS in this, in this matchup. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say I love either of them, but I think if you have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scandling, I, uh, I think you could put him in as a flex this week, and um, especially if Adams isn't playing at all. Um, he would be my, my, my favorite of the two um, since uh, um, the Cowboys are tough against the pass, especially against the slot. And I think Geronimo Allison has been getting – you guys would know a little bit better than me, but I think that's where most of his targets have come from, the slot. So I think that may even be a tougher matchup. Yeah, no, I'm with you on MVS. I think he's the guy to play. Although I would honestly, I guess my hot take is don't play either one because I'm I'm unconvinced that either. I think the guy that that could be really really interesting this week is Jimmy Graham. Um, it, you know, coming alive against Philly and the fact that um, you know, uh, you have a lot of unproven guys out there at receiver for the Packers. I think Jimmy Graham could have another big week this week. We'll see what happens. Let's get to a couple emails here for you, Jeff. First one's from Nate in Irving, Texas. He he writes, "What do you?" think ultimately happens to Stefan Diggs in Minnesota. Great work in football, guys. That is Nate in Irving, Texas. Thank you so much for the email, Nate. You look at Diggs. Number one, I guess, Jeff, the, the question is, does he play this week? And number two, what happens the rest of the season? I mean, is he a top 20 receiver? <laughs> How do you see this thing going down? Well, I think the only thing that we we can say is guaranteed is Kirk Cousins is getting his money, right? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You, uh, you got that right. It's uh, man, what a mess. Um, yeah, I, you know, I guess the first thing I would say is, you know, Diggs probably could have handled this a little bit better. But I, quite frankly, I can't, I can't be upset at him or Thielen because you know Thielen came out and pretty much he didn't say it, but he called about Cousins as well in, in the press conference right after the game. And so I, I, I would be upset if I was both those guys as well. I mean, here's a guy. I mean, those guys are as talented as, of a duo as in the entire NFL, uh, in my opinion. Um, a great route runner in Thielen. Diggs is just, you know, he, he can take the top off the defense. Great talent, and they're just not getting, they're just not getting those guys targets. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, you can you can throw 50-50 balls up to those guys. I mean, look at the New Orleans, the Miracle of Minneapolis, right? With with Diggs. I mean, that was a 50-50 ball. The guy just went up and got it, took it away. So. Uh, they got to start. I think you're going to see them this week against the Jets um, come out with a concerted effort to get those guys the, the ball. The reports are up here that they do not want to trade Diggs, and my 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 gut tells me that um, they won't trade him unless they just get some ridiculous offer for him, like maybe you know two number ones and a, and something else. Um, and I don't think somebody's going to be willing to throw that out right now. I think that's how much the Vikings value him. Um, but a lot of it has to do with the play calling, right? And um, a lot of it's been this, this you know, in, inten, intentional shift to the running game. And Dalvin Cook's great, um, but you can't do everything based on the running game play action. You've got to be able to, you got to be able to throw downfield. Um, I mean, Adam, Adam Thielen said it best. So I think he's going to stay with the Vikings. Um, and I, I think you're going to see them try to get both those guys the ball a little bit more this week against the Jets. Okay. All right. So, so you do believe that Diggs plays this Sunday? I do. I I think that's that's what the reports are saying so far. So, um, we'll uh, okay. we'll see. I mean, proof's always in the pudding, but I think that uh, 
the uh, with with Diggs, you know, the best thing you could do for him to make him happy. Look, he's a wide receiver, right? What wide receiver? What great wide receiver isn't a diva, right? They're all divas. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown. Yeah. You know, you you go after throughout history. So, you know, the best way to get those guys to be quiet and be happy is get them the ball. <laughs> Let you, no question. I totally agree with there. Jason in Dunwoody, Georgia writes, I'm 0-4 and already looking to next year. How high do you think Cooper Cup goes in FFPC drafts in 2020 if he keeps this up? Jason, thank you for the email. Cooper Cup, uh, for anybody who missed it last night, nine catches. I think it was like 117 yards got in the end zone. He's been absolutely flat out crushing it this year, uh, coming off the ACL injury. How high does he go in drafts next year if he does keep this up? Second-round pick? I mean, could he be a late first-round pick? How do you see him uh, next year in, in drafts, uh, Jeff, as, as we look at Cup in this Rams offense? Yeah, um, I think, you know, the only reason he got, you know, a little depressed this year is coming off of that injury, right, and, and just not knowing how they how they, he'd fit back in with uh, um, the other guys that got a chance to step up last year. But I think he could easily be, uh, you know, a second round, um, third round probably picked the latest. I think in most of my drafts this year, he was going fourth or fifth round. Um, so I think he'll definitely move up if, if things continue. Um, I mean, there's obviously chemistry there with him and Goff, right? Um, just more so than any of the other receivers. And, um, and so I think that, that, you know, that says a lot, you know, that he seems to be the guy that um, Goff is looking towards, um, you know, when he needs, when he needs to play. So, uh, I could easily see him going in second round, um, mid-second round, uh, third round is the latest next year. Dave, uh, we've uh, been e- extremely fortunate to get the Football Guys Players Championship leader, Jeff Volpe, on the show tonight. Uh, and he's been very generous at this time. Before we let him go, uh, we do have one last question for him. All right, here we go. This is it. Not that anyone's you know hang up after this or not listen anymore after this question. You got your big game show coming up. Yeah, can you give us an early round pick that you would consider benching in week five, as well as a sleeper that we should really be starting and taking a look at. Yeah, and, and we touched on the sleeper a little bit earlier. I didn't know that this was going to come up, but I, I think Tyler Eifert. You know, I, I would imagine most people haven't been starting him at tight end. Um, in fact, you know, I would imagine that prior to this past week, a lot of people didn't even have him on the rosters. Um, so I think that he's he's definitely somebody against uh, against that defense that you got to light up and and, uh, and run with this week. So he'd be my sleeper for sure. Um, I don't know if that's a if that qualifies as a sleeper, but uh, there you go. Sure. And uh, I'm going to go with maybe something unpopular to say, but Le'Veon Bell has not impressed me this year. We know Sam Darnold isn't going to play again uh, this week. And uh, and that Eagles defense, man, against the run, um, that's what they're built to stop. And so I'm not a fan of Le'Veon Bell. And so I'd say if you've got any better choices, um, he might be somebody, believe it or not, even though you may have taken him in the first round or second round that you may want to sit this week, um, not a favorable matchup for sure because, you know, they're already going to be limited in what they can do in the pass game. And the Eagles defense is already good against the run. So you know they're going to come in a game plan to take him away. Um, so I just don't see him doing a whole lot this week. So that would be my sit for the week. Jeff, that is a great call on Le'Veon Bell. If you look at what the Eagles' rush defense has done against opposing running backs this year, I don't know if they've allowed 40-plus yards. It's been insane uh, how good that rush defense has been. And you look at this game that is going off. Philadelphia is hosting Luke Falk, by the way, and the Jets. 
It is oh, a, he's good. It is a total of 43 and a half, and the Eagles, I'm not kidding you, are 14-point favorites. Holy that, crap, really? That, yeah, that bodes very, very well for the Eagles and not good for the Jets. They may even score 14. It'd be incredibly ballsy to sit, Bell, but I think you're right. I think that, that you need to look at, uh, at your third running back to see if actually he might have a better matchup then uh, Le'Veon Bell that week. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there, but I'm with you 100% on that. And I'm also, I'm also with you 100% on rooting for you the rest of the way. Jeff, you, you Eric ha- wants you to win the I whole do. thing. I do. I want you More to win. More than the, any of the other guests we've had. Anybody ever in the history of the show. <laughs> no question. You have, uh, you've had a lot of good teams over the years. This is probably, as you said earlier, this is probably your best year so far. Back-to-back uh, leader in the Football Guys Players Championship. We'll see if you can hold that lead going into week six, and more importantly, going into week 16 as, as we look forward to uh, awarding that $250,000 grand prize at the end of the year. Thank you so much for joining the show tonight. Good luck in that league and in all your leagues this year. This was a real treat for us, and we'll talk to you again real soon, dude. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for uh, having me on, and uh, best of luck, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds hey, good. Jeff. Jeff Volpe, the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship leader in the clubhouse for the $250,000 grand prize as we are 10 weeks away from awarding that. 10 weeks away, and the season's over. That's insane to me. What a wonderful guest, and uh, we only have four minutes left in the show. I guess we got to skip all your games. We can't skip the games. We're going to fly through what? it right now. Now we're going to fly through it. Rob, don't play it. Uh, all right, so we're going to lead things off. This is the first ever high-stakes fantasy football hour game night. Dave is going to do his best to answer all of these questions. Certain questions, I will give him a certain a finite number of guesses. Other questions, I will not, okay? Oh, the nice. first one, I'm going to – this is a who am I, okay? We're going to leave things off of the who am I. You only get one guess on this one, right. all right? This is a, a, a little oh, bit good. of warm-up, okay? Who am I? Currently, I have 264 snaps on the season. My back – snaps. My backup has four, and no one else at my running back position on my team has any. Dr. McCaffrey. Who am I? That is correct. Christian McCaffrey on the season, 264 snaps. Reggie Bonifon, uh, who is his backup, and I've only seen David Hubbard draft him this year. I've never, I haven't, I did not see well, one Hubbard other person. Well, Hubbard is smart, and he's like, oh my goodness, he's yeah. not even still seeing them. Right, and Bonifon has four snaps on the, on the, t- that's been the only other Panthers running back snaps this no year. No coach could be that stupid. You look at Ron Rivera and talking about decreasing the McCaffrey workload, Dave, I think going forward, as we look at, as we draft McCaffrey in future years, we have to keep this in mind, that even if they say, oh, we're going to lower his workload, uh, they're not, and this guy should be the 101 for years to come. You know, from a dynasty perspective, it's it's a little bit it's it's very concerning. It it really is. It, it bothers me. I so would you be looking to move him right now? No, because he's too good. You just can't you can't sell him. <laughs> so not you, that concerning. Yeah. What do you, I mean? What do you sell him for? Like you know, Dalvin Cook and Juju what? and or what? You know what I mean? All right. Uh, let me think about this first. Well, I made a trade. Okay, I'll tell you, I made a trade okay. with Meyer this way two before. Packer. Way two before. Packer. Yeah, yeah. Meyer, two packer. He offered me probably in some drunken stupor like usual. Right. Uh, he offered me uh, McCaffrey. <laughs> For Elliott and Keenan Allen, I mean, he's like, ah, you know, Gerzak will never take that, and I took it, and, and I, you know, I get this. So you get Elliott and Allen. No, no, I get McCaffrey. You got he, McCaffrey. He offered me his McCaffrey for my Elliott, and, and you Allen. gave up Elliott and Allen. This is before the season. This is like six months ago. Okay. And Elliott, Allen's killing it. Elliott's doing fine. McCaffrey's doing great. Right. And I still, I'm still okay with the trade because. Elliot had, has, like, so many more career touches. He does. And Allen, you know, he's had some injury histories and so on. He's been killing it so far this year. That's fine. And I, I get it. So I, I can get – I totally get the other side. 
But I'm just saying, man, I mean, like, McCaffrey is so almost untradeable. It's, it's, it's tough. So, so if two-packer – well, let's not say two-packer. Let's say a different league. You own McCaffrey, and somebody offered you Ezekiel Elliott and Keenan Allen for him. You would turn that down? Yes, I would. Okay. Which, in, in Dynasty, I would, yeah. I would not. And that's cool. I, yeah. I mean, I get it. And I look at I know the trade calculators. I mean, people would protest trades like that. But, I mean, when you're talking about – Well, that's, that's silly. The super elite – Guy who set the running back receptions record of all time last year, right. the second year, what, second year player or whatever. Yes, yeah. I mean that's incredible. And so, he, and he's in his team's one hundred ninety percent of his team's offensive snaps. It seems like. I mean, it's it's nuts, but I mean, it's it it's really, in my opinion, is very dumb to put him in that many snaps. I mean, get him out of there. I mean, why does he have to have that many touches? Right. I, don't, I don't get. I really, I truly don't understand that, and I, it does bother me as a dynasty owner. But from redraft, who cares? Right. You know, draft him until he, you know, the wheels fall off. I'm going to give you three guesses on this next one, okay? Because this is a little bit more tricky. While I was battling a pretty nasty health issue the first two weeks of the season, I have at least 89 more air yards than any other NFL player over the last two weeks. Air yards. So that means he's a receiver, probably. He is a receiver. I'll tell you that. Over the course of the first so, four two two weeks, he had a health issue. First two weeks, he had a nasty health issue. Over the course of the first four weeks of the season, which is the entire season so far, I am on pace for 140 targets, which would be my most since 2016. Who am I? What was the thing, the second thing after the health issue? How many more air for, yards? For, oh, he's got 89 more yards air than yards. anybody air yards than anybody else over the last two weeks. Okay. He is a receiver, and he's on pace for 140 targets, which would be his most since 2016. You get three guesses on this. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. It is not Alshon Jeffrey. I'm However, trying, I'm trying to think of someone with a health issue. He plays, he plays in the same conference as Alshon Jeffrey, so you know it's not an AFC guy. All right? you're, you're, you're very nice, Paul. Now I'm trying to give you hints. This is, it's good radio if you actually get it right. So. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not right. feeling too good about he's it. He's not in the same division as Jeffrey, if that helps which it may not. So, you know, it's not Amari Cooper or anybody like that. All right. So, um, your health issue. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who this is. Um, I'll tell you the health issue was a stomach illness and maybe that gives it away. It was not an injury. It was a stomach illness. Um, he was not very good the first two weeks. He's crushed it the last two. And, I'm going to, I'm going to make a guess. I'm, it's probably wrong, but I'm just trying to buy time. Okay. All right. Um, so this is guest number two. <laughs> uh, Amari Cooper? It, no, I said it's not Amari Cooper. I'm not oh, going to count that as official guest. Sorry, I, I already told you it's not, it's not Cooper. He's not in the same division as Cooper. He's in oh, a different right. division in the sorry, NFC. I wasn't listening to that one. Yeah, that's fine. So he's either in the NFC North, the NFC West, or the NFC South. You know, this isn't really – this is bad radio. I don't know. No, what no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. I'll give you another hint. This might give it away. This is a guy that he has a teammate that's doing very well this season, and we actually poo-pooed this guy in favor of his teammate. Mike Evans? It is Mike Evans. Mike Evans, 140 targets he's on pace for this season. Had that really nasty stomach illness the first two weeks, Dave, but now he's crushing it, and I I don't don't want to throw Godwin under the bus, but I think Evans is back to where what we thought he was going to be, and he's about to go on another big run here. Yeah, he's doing great, and you know, I actually give a lot of credit to uh, to Seamus, who I've, I've, <laughs> I've said some negative things. I've, I've said a few. You're still calling things. him Seamus, so it is uh, what it is it on that. Excuses, you Uber conduct. Um, <laughs> but 
you know, and the coaching staff. I mean, they've done a good, a fine job getting uh, getting him together. So yeah. you know, he's doing well. He's running that offense uh, well. And I, it, there's room for improvement even. So that's great. My Scott Fishbowl, I'll brag about this because I haven't bragged about it all season. I, I think there's like 800-some teams. I'm 27th, Dave, in the whole thing right now. Are you serious? Yeah, and I have Evans and Godwin as my number two wow, and three receivers. Wow, good for receivers. you. That's yeah, really, that's and I lost Barkley, by the way, in I'm, that There's league. like 1,200 in that? No, it's like 800, I think. Still, that's a lot. That's yeah. awesome. So I'm doing very well, and, and those, those Buccaneers receivers. I'm I actually looked. You're I'm not, barely paying attention. You're not that low. You're not that low. I stopped doing waivers after. I I have to. I'm going to tell Scott to uninvite me. I, I don't pay attention. All right. Well, to that's fair. there's no money involved, I can't do it. I don't. Right. Alex, I don't care enough about the brand for you for that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Dave, I uh, really. Th- yeah, I'm not going to get it. It says FFPC. Not at the 750. It's not so good. Who am I? Part three. This is going to be a fun one right here. I'm going to give you three guesses on this one. All right. right? Just, I'm going to I'm going to do better this time. Now this is this is it's tricky, but it's this is this is this is, this is probably going to help the listeners most. All right. Through four weeks, the entire season, I am on pace for 128 targets, 88 catches, 1,236 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns. 1,200 how many? 36? Yes. I have never gotten fewer than seven targets in any game. I have a 21% target share and am 13th in the NFL in air yards. Yet... FFPC drafters selected me on average. Oh, here we go. This, at, is, this will be good. At the end of the ninth round. All right, end of the ninth. Who One, am I? On pace for an 88 swap. It is not Fitz. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this guy was drafted after Fitz, and he does not play in the same conference as Fitz. What conference? NFC, so <laughs> right? Yeah, he, so this, the answer to this question Emmanuel is Emmanuel Sanders. It is not Emmanuel oh. Sanders. However, Dave, yeah. you only have one guess, so I'm going to give it away here. He is a real-life teammate of Emmanuel Sanders. Is Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton. I, you know, I, you could have given me 20 guesses. I would have gotten and you wouldn't one. have gotten Sutton, really? Well, if you said AFC, I would have gotten it eventually. But 88 wow. for 12-36 and eight touchdowns. Now, granted, a lot of that has been in garbage time when the Broncos are trying to come back. But this is insane. I mean, this, he is on pace for a great season. And I think the, the, the real crying shame about this is anybody who's had Cortland Sutton, myself included, has probably not played him in all four games this season, which, where he's been accruing all this. Right, right. Um, do you own Cortland Sutton in any leagues this year? Probably not, huh? Not a one. Yeah, I own him in three leagues, and I feel all right about him, but the fact of the matter is um, I, I really wish I'd been playing him every single week, and I haven't been. And the, um, the other thing, too, is to, uh, to keep in mind that, that the Denver media, hashtag Cecil Lammy, and others, they're <laughs> singing his praises. They are all about Sutton and, and saying it's going to get better for him going forward. Well, good for him. All right, let's get into the next one. Now, I, I'm going to give you – this is a list of ten players. You have to name five of the players on this list, okay? This is, it's going to be receiver-heavy the rest of the show. Wide receivers with most yards after contact, Dave. In the NFL so far this I'm, season, trying you're trying to guess five of the ten receivers with the most yards after contact. Okay. How the hell would I know all this? But I'm not saying you know it. I'm saying you got to guess it. All right. <laughs> and this is crucial for fantasy players because I think the impetus is to start these high ceiling guys that have a lot of the air yards, but yards after contact is pretty important too. So the, and I, I don't want to say that these are all guys running short routes because they're not, but some of them are. So if you just, can name just, just in general, yes, you get, you get, uh, as soon as you name five, the game is over. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to I'm going to scores and odds a little bit. I'm okay, just, I'm let's not trying to, do I'm not, it. Listen, I'm not going to judge your player names or anything. Judge, judge. I'm not going to judge your process. You you guess whoever you want to guess. 
This is most yards after contact for receivers so far this season. All right, all right, all right. Um, and I, the list is 10. They range anywhere from 57 to 109 yards after contact. Okay. Jeez. Um, some of these names are obvious. Some of them are not so much, and that's how it helps the listeners. And Marcus Robinson. He is not on this list. Shoot, that was one of my sleepers that was going to be on the list. So you get five strikes. I'm going to install this. Five strikes. So that's strike one. All right. Uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams not on there either. Straight what two. The He's fuck? not on there. I know. That's frustrating. Fuck you. This game sucks. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> fun for me because I got the list in front of me so I can see who's on here. And then this, this, this page keeps refreshing on me. Well, to put, put, turn off the auto refresh, man. Uh, I don't know how to do it. Uh, um, Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen is number oh, six God. on this list um, with you know, 81 receiving yards after contact. Right, so congratulations, you got him. Whew, all right, I'm on, I'm on the board, right? Right, you're on the board. All right, so that, that's good. Yep. Uh, Julio? Julio is not on this list. That's oh, my God. Yeah. Screw you, Julio. Right. We got to remember, like, a lot of his, his passes are downfield, you know, and, and he's an older guy, so he tends to go down after contact to save himself. All right, himself. Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin is number two on this list with 102 yards after contact. All right, Mike, Chris, Ev- Mike Evans, I'll stay with the same team. Mike Evans is strike four. He is not on this list. Him. This isn't even going to be close, is it? You have one Michael more. Thomas. Michael Thomas is number nine. You barely made it. Number nine with 60 receiving yards uh, after contact <laughs> this season. He is number nine. You right. need two more. Yeah, I'm aware of Okay, all right. So Pressure's on, baby. <laughs> um... Oh, man. And I got to tell I'm you. I'm looking at the Jaguars-Carolina game right now. I got to tell you, I think there's two. Um, you're uh, looking, uh, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is number four on this list, Dave. Yes, with right. 95 yards after contact. You need one more, and you only have one strike. So this is literally right. do or die right now. Right. And I got to tell you, I don't want to say two of the names are obvious on this list, but they were drafted fairly high. Mm-hmm. One for sure was drafted super high. And, right. and the rest are kind of unknowns. You know, I'm thinking of a so – who, who, who did I just say? You, you have Godwin, McLaurin, Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas all correct. So it's yards after catch. Yeah, yeah, no, yards after contact. After contact. After contact, yeah. Um, all right, this is, this is important, so I have to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to help you here, but two of the names on this list are rookies. Yeah, I was uh, DJ Chark. That is incorrect. Ah, so no loser. That. That's yeah. it. Right. No, that was close. You, you put up a good fight. This is a tough category. Chark was the guy I was thinking of. So I'm going to roll this through. Uh, number 10 on the list, A.J. Brown, 57 yards. That's a, that was a very tough one. You got Michael Thomas at 9. John Ross, 65 at 8. He's actually tied with the number 7 player on this list, the other rookie, Marquise Brown from Baltimore, which surprises me because that guy, I can't imagine if he ever gets contact there, I would think he'd just go down. Uh, number six you got was Keenan Allen. Number five, Jarvis Landry from oh, Cleveland yeah. with 91. That was a good one. You got number four, Terry McLaurin with 95, who is tied with number three on this list, Juju Smith-Schuster with 95 yards. I, the recency bias with Juju having a bad game led me I off I get him. that. I get that. Number two you got, Chris Godwin with 102 yards. And then number one on the list, the guy you failed to mention, a guy we talked about earlier on the show, Mr. All-World and one of your favorites, with 109 yards after contact this season, not including last night, Cooper Cup, oh, number crap. one on the list. God, that, so. that's, that's terrible. It's tough, man. Now, no, it's not. It's terrible. Now, I'm going to soften it up for you right now, okay? 
The last category we're going to do tonight, this is like your bonus round, all right? <laughs> the top scoring receivers in FFPC scoring average per week. I want to make this clear. This is not total points. This is average per week on the season. I have 10 in front of me. You have to name five. You get five strikes. Okay? Average points per week. Average points per week for receivers. So far this year. So far this year. All right, Cup. Cup is number two. Congratulations on that. Godwin. Godwin is number three. Congratulations on that. You might steamroll this category. Evans. Mike Evans is number six. Congratulations on that. All right, this really shouldn't be very hard. Um, you have two, three, and six so far. That's good. Um, I'm going to go back to some of these rookies. I mean, so let's well, go. I'm going to stop you right there, Dave. There's no rookies on this list. Oh, there's one rookie. Excuse me. There's one rookie on this list. Um, maybe I shouldn't then. So, no, there's one rookie if you get the right rookie. Yeah, there's a lot of – there's actually some options there. There are some options. That's okay, true. so – Cup, Godwin, Evans. And a lot of the, uh, besides this rookie, I think the other names are, I don't want to say fairly obvious, but they're well-established players. Yeah. Um, you have five strikes left, too. You're already, I'm aware of it. You only need two two more. But yeah, I'd like to actually you know, sweep get, it. Get more of a, get, get a little bit better here. Right, um, yeah. Um, you, have, you have Cooper Cup. You know, I'm going to say, okay, he hasn't had a good game since week one, but I'm going to say Sammy Watt. Sammy Watt is number eight. Yeah, so you are Sammy Watt. Four for four on this list so far. Uh, just just for refresh, uh, Cooper Cup averaging 22.3, again, before last night, 22.15 for Godwin, 19.7 for Evans, and 19.375 for Watkins. All right, let's throw Amari Cooper on there. You have won the category, my friend. All right. Amari Cooper, number 10, averaging 18.4. You want to press your luck and see if you can get any of the other yeah, names? Julio. Julio is number 7 on the list at 19.7. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas on the list, number 9 at 19.025. You have just... Number one, four, and five to figure out. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't got number one. I mean, I, I guess I can because I was surprised he was number one, but still. Um, uh, yeah. I can't believe you're seven for seven. This is insane. Uh, no, it's, it's if anybody ever questions, do those HSFFR guys know their stuff? Oh, the yeah. An, the oh, answer yeah. is this a resounding is, yes. Is, yeah, this is really impressive. Um, <laughs> I, I, um... Top scoring wide receivers in FFPC per week, average per week. I'm just looking through the teams a little bit. I'm, I'm hesitant to say Hopkins. Yeah, uh, don't say Hopkins. <laughs> you didn't say it. I'll just tell you don't. No, oh, Keenan, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is number one, 24.375. Yeah, you are missing number four and number five, and they both may have not played last week, which would explain why they're number four and number five average per week. Oh, man, four <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Edelman. It is not Edelman. That is strike one. All right. You know, let, let's just, let's just get, release them. And you want to reveal it? Yeah, okay. So number four on this list, T.Y. Hilton did not play last week, 21.167. And then number five, the lone rookie on this board in the top ten, averaging 19.9 points per week, did not play last week. It is F1 himself, mm, Terry McLaurin. That's yeah. right. Hell of a performance. Eight for eight. I missed the other one. Well, right, no, no, as eight for eight, that was really impressive. So congratulations. Dave Gerzak setting a record on high stakes fantasy football hour game night. I mean, it's the top ten receivers. I mean, how hard is that for guys? But but average per game, you know, that that's yeah, it, but it I didn't throws really get the ones that were averaging. So whatever. Well, it is what it is. And <laughs> and that is gonna do What a it. great feature. Yeah, that was fun. Uh that's gonna do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I wanna thank uh, Jeff Volpe, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice. 
and of course each and every one of you for hanging out with us uh, once again on this Friday night. Uh, we will be back next week at 10, 9 central with a brand new episode for you. Stay tuned for that. Uh, remember Matt Keifling on the high stakes lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Also check it out on Apple podcasts as well. And actually next week on the high stakes lowdown, at Fantasy Inquirer on Twitter. It is Billy Metcalf. He will be on the show. We will talk to him. It is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, good luck in week five. I hope the ball bounces your way. Uh, we're almost to the FFPC playoffs. Your weekend starts now. This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on a team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. What did you think of uh, Game Night? Did you like it? Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, our, Good job prepping or whatever. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. When I was putting this together... I got I got an update on my phone about that Sutton thing, and it was it, it explained it, I, it framed it the same way I framed it to you. Right. And I am with you. I would have never guessed Cortland Sutton. I'm like, we got to do something like with this on the show. It's tough because I don't I don't own him anywhere, so it's tough. For, I'm not right. paying enough attention to him. Right? And and I think this is not something we can do every week, uh, and we would not do every week. But I think every maybe five or six weeks, I think it might be fun to revisit yeah, for sure. True. As we proceed through the season, like halfway point, three quarters and so forth. Yeah. Far. Yeah. Uh, good luck uh, to everybody in week five. Uh, I, I hope, uh, I hope everything goes your way and uh, listen, we're in October already. It's getting to be crunch time. Swing your sword, make your moves, get your guys. Oh, and boy. we'll talk to you before week six. What the hell? <laughs>